we have seen the emergence of what I call modern Internet of Things. It is rich in data. It can bring in location. It's really the connectivity piece and the data aggregation piece that is usually missing in the infrastructure right now in the market. If you have a large farm, you know, the wireless connectivity is not going to carry out. This is the Industrial IoT Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on market scale. Network looks stable. Let's connect. Joining me today on the podcast is Matt Nelson. He's the CEO and president of Avalan Wireless. Matt, thank you so much for uh, joining the show today. We appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. So uh, explain to me, just to get a base level uh, understanding here uh, for everybody listening, what does Avalan Wireless do and uh, and what sets you guys apart? Yeah, so Avalan Wireless is a, uh, really we're a networking solutions company. Um, got our early start doing some industrial wireless connectivity stuff and uh, it's evolved over the years to doing sort of a bunch of other um, network connectivity for, kind of call it the internet of things, if you will, everything from pumps and valves to digital signs to point of sale systems cash registers that sort of thing and beyond just the uh, actual connectivity pieces now we're involved with the back-end networking things dealing with security and firewalls and um, you know but a bunch of back-end cloud networking pieces as well so you're joining the show today to talk a little bit about EMV migration and, uh, and and its importance. And I was wondering if you could just elaborate a little bit more on what is EMV migration and why is it so important? Yeah, so EMV is uh, the actual acronym itself or whatever is uh, Europay MasterCard Visa, which doesn't really mean anything to anybody. But what it will mean to you as a, you know average everyday person is, is that your, your Visa cards now have this little chip in them. And uh, rather than doing the mag stripe now, oftentimes you insert the card in a different way and it reads that chip. The important thing is, is that chip is a much more secure way of doing payment and doing credit card payment um, than the old mag stripe is. And in the outdoor world, you've seen it in the indoor world if you've shopped or gone to a restaurant or whatever. But in the outdoor world, that migration hasn't really happened yet. Migration being the support for those chips. And uh, we're involved directly with the industry, kind of revolutionizing the industry, and in particular the fuel center industry, where every time you go to pump gas in your car, rather than actually doing a mag stripe or whatever, it'll actually start supporting that chip. And that's what uh, Avalan's been involved with over the last year or so, and we're um, deeply entrenched in it today. Is there, uh, are, are there particular challenges that make outdoor EMV a little bit more challenging than, uh, than you know, uh, restaurant integration or, or something like that, or indoors? Yeah, the reason why the outdoor world has sort of lagged behind the indoor point-of-sale world is that um, in the United States in particular, um, w- people don't like you to hold on to that personal information in the way that the uh, security standards have been written is that... Um, in the outdoor environment, when you go to pump gas, you put in your card, then it approves you to get gas, and then you pump gas. But essentially, in the past, they held on to your personal information for a period of time until you actually are finished pumping gas, and then the transaction goes through. And so the credit card companies, the the, the Visa, MasterCard, Verifone guys of the world have been trying to figure out a way to keep the your information secure, but still be able to do the authorization of a of a 
fuel pump to be able to dispense gas. And so that's created a extra layer of complexity that the indoor world doesn't usually have because the indoor world, they, you know, put everything into the cash register and then say, this is what, how much you owe. You then put in your card and it actually does a transaction. So just because of the delay involved in when you're approved to pump gas and when you actually finish that transaction, that's created, you know, some additional complexity that the inside world doesn't have to deal with. Yeah, you mentioned uh, credit card security and some of the fraud that occurs uh, that, go, that can go along with that. Um, a, a high percentage, I think a surprisingly high percentage of credit card fraud that goes on in the world happens in the United States. Are there particular factors that make the United States more vulnerable than, uh, than maybe other countries around the world? Yeah, I actually was uh, involved with the uh, industry standards group uh, meeting yesterday in which Visa was presenting their latest statistics and uh, outdoor pump transactions in terms of frauds on credit cards has actually increased 43% year over year Wow! from 17 to 18. And one of the reasons why the U.S. has become more of a, a fraud area than the rest of the world is the rest of the world has actually implemented EMV, which allows basically a credit card company to have a lot more um, information and statistics and analysis and can generate algorithms as to verifying whether or not the person that's actually holding that card is the right person to be actually holding that card. So, um, and that information is not available on a standard MagStripe. So MagStripe contains information with regards to, you know, kind of like your credit card number, that sort of thing, where those EMV chips, you can kind of almost think of them as like a like a cookie, you know, in, in a browser that, you know, kind of collects information and knows kind of where you've been, where you're going, what your habits are. And that sort of information makes the transaction at the dispenser with an EMV chip much, much more secure than what they have in the past. And the in Europe or whatever, they reduced the fraud at the, at the fuel dispensers by over 80% when they implement, implemented EMV. And at the same time in the U.S. or whatever, it increased by about that that amount of percentage. So, so you're telling me that when I got my uh, my new card that had the the chip, uh, that I rather than being frustrated, I had to go re-enter all my credit card information into my automatic <laughs> bill pay. That really I should be thankful that uh, yes. in the end my my information's way more secure than it was before. Yes, exactly. And and uh, I would say now we just all need to as consumers go and demand that the uh, local convenience store support the thing, and then we'd all be great. (laughs) So So you mentioned my local convenience store owner and, you know, where I fill up with gas. How pressing is this need to to fully implement this technology, and what's the time frame for full implementation? Yeah, that's one of the big issues that the industry is trying to uh, deal with is how do we get the acceleration going to actually get these systems in? Originally, the deadline was October of 2017, but now they pushed out Visa and MasterCard pushed out till October 2020 because the industry wasn't quite ready with all the different pieces. But all the different pieces are available there today now. And one of the issues the industry is facing is there's just not that many um, actual service guys that actually can implement the system. So there's, you know, card readers, there's connectivity, there's software, all that actually has to be added to a convenience store in order to be able to support these. And there's just not enough people to go around to actually upgrade all the stores. There's like 154,000 convenience stores or gas locations in the U.S. It's 1.4 million dispensers, fuel dispensers. And so there's a huge amount of work that needs to go into actually doing the migration to get every dispenser and every convenience store 
up and going to support EMV, our whole message or one of our main messages is get out there and do it now because the resources might not be available to do it later when you're ready to go. So you're basically saying that uh, you guys as a, as a company and, and as, an, as an industry are ready to go and implement this, but the rest of, uh, of the process is being procrastinated slightly, which I think will resonate with a lot of people, um, you know, progress, procrastination, I suppose, but that the right. rest of the industry is basically procrastinating and putting this off. And you're saying that, hey, if you, if you continue to put this off, there's going to be a massive rush and there's just no guarantee that it'll get done. That's correct. Yeah, not not only a massive rush, but the the Visa guys have been telling us, you know, the fraud rate continues to climb. They're going to just continue to pass those costs down to the actual store owners themselves. And as they pass those costs down or whatever, it's going to become more and more painful. And you don't want to, you know, wait to the point where the pain is too great and now you can't get the resources to actually do the up, updates. So um, really the message is get out there and do it now. Part of this uh, is that it all ties into to the Internet of Things, that IoT. So what are some ways that, that the IoT and IoT devices have changed cybersecurity and kind of changed the game in that realm? Yeah, so um, in the past or whatever, if you look back to the early days of computers, um, network security dealt with you know, who's actually, you know, logging into that laptop or that desktop PC and and is it really the right person? And you can do some things on the backside or whatever to say, okay, I can locate where this machine is, what IP address it has, what, you know, address the network device has, that sort of thing. And I can control that either through, you know, user login access or from a networking switching or routing standpoint. Um, the market then progressed from you know, PCs and desktops and laptops to the mobile world, where again, it got a little bit more complex because now that PC or that desktop or that laptop is not in one location, it actually might show up in multiple locations, which added some additional complexity. But the IoT and and the number of devices increased too, of course, from the PC world to then the mobile world where there's more devices. But now the total number of devices is just absolutely exploding. Um, you might now have, you know, your refrigerator or your washing machine or your uh, Roomba or your, um, um, you know, your speaker or all, you know, just think of just the number of things or whatever that people are, you know, looking at, you know, cameras and doorbells and thermostats, you know, that's just in your home environment. Expand that out to the industrial market and into the business market, the amount of devices and things that are out there that actually can benefit from connectivity into the network or whatever it's just absolutely exploded but the other thing that's different is that your thermostat doesn't have a a screen on it right doesn't have a a crt or or a monitor on it Mm -hmm. and your thermostat doesn't have a keyboard on it even you know necessarily it doesn't have a you know qwerty keyboard so so it's a network device it has that same complexity as network connectivity every one of those points potentially represents a security um, point of interest or point of entry. And so the landscape has completely changed with the way network access control is handled and managed. And Avalan, through the process of working with the point of sale vendors and dealing with secure payment, developed some technologies that uh, help you to manage network access control for devices, even the devices that are completely headless. So we have a system where you know, any device that's connected to the network is automatically, you know, shows up on an alert system, and then it's determined where that device can connect to and who it can connect to, so you can segment it and isolate it in a 
in a way that uh, can you know really protect your overall network and that's some stuff that we've been heavily involved with and are continuing to develop and innovate technologies in that area with IOT, it, it, like with a lot of other things, uh, when you take steps forward and move forward in terms of, of technology, uh, sometimes you open doors that you didn't really know that uh, you, there are unintended consequences. And I think maybe opening yourself up to other potential threats, you know, by having every item of your house connected, you know, is, is one of those that maybe we didn't foresee, or maybe maybe we did foresee, but we just had to create new ways of, of how to deal with it. But it sounds like Avalon is really on the forefront of, of helping uh, tackle some of those challenges as we move forward uh, in IoT. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you know all all new technologies or whatever there can be a, a good side and a bad side to them, right? It's right, not necessarily right. all a hundred percent good. Um, but I can tell you that there's some great great minds in this world or whatever that have been dealing with the secure uh, communications of all these digital devices that have entered into our world. You know, it's it's a lot of complexity. It's sort of one of the ways I kind of describe it to people is something like this: um, when you pull up you know, a browser, Chrome or, or Internet Explorer, Safari, or whatever your browser is, and you go to Google and you enter, you know, a Google search word. The amount of complexity that goes on behind the scenes, behind that browser, to be able to get you that information and pop it onto your screen, whether that's on your phone or on your, your computer, um, is an amazing amount of complexity. And, and that's sort of where Avalan comes in with regards to networking. So. Um, you know, to you, it's just a connection of your device, and it's just a credit card that you swipe that allows you to pump gas. But the backside of that is uh, where Avalanche got a lot of technology that just kind of takes care of everything for people. What other innovations have really made life easier uh, uh, for Avalanche and for what it is that you do when it comes to uh, security services? A lot of what we do ends up doing uh, some sort of like virtual machines in the cloud that monitor and track and uh, you know, watch this information that's traveling through the network. And so some of what Avalanche's done from a technology innovation or other things that Avalanche has done is with regards to um, the actual protocol. So there's not that many people out there that actually get all the way down to, to the, the level that we do with regards to the data and the way data enters into packets and the way we manipulate and, and transmit those packets, but we do some very unique um, things, whatever, that, again, just add to the layers of security and add to the layers of reliability of those, uh, you know, connected devices. And the cloud has really uh, increased efficiency and, and lowered costs a, a good deal, right, a, 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 as well. Am I right about that? Yeah. Um, you know, simple example, um, through one of our cloud interfaces, we actually vent service guys from having to roll their trucks out to fueling stations. And one of the ways we do that is we've got the ability for you know, again, securely for someone to be able to log into a, a convenience store and, you know, reboot or upgrade or change or manipulate the software on a on a fuel dispenser. And that sort of technology just hasn't been available to that particular industry in the past. And that's all, again, done through a cloud process. You have the ability, uh, just due to the time that you've spent in this industry, you know, three decades uh, plus of wireless technology business experience, uh, to be able to look back and see how we've gotten to where we are now. But as you cast your vision forward, where do you see things going in the future? How do you see things continuing to develop? Moving forward, what we have found as a company and that I, as I, what I have seen is there's a number of 
you know, sort of what you would classify as more sort of industrial areas of the business and the market and that are really starting to be able to take advantage of, you know, digital devices and connected devices. You know, part of the explosion of Internet of Things that most people have heard about are everything from your, you know, your smartwatch to your cool speaker to your TV or something like that. And those those consumer devices are great, but the industrial world really can benefit in terms of efficiencies and cost savings and um, those sorts of things that that they haven't really realized yet. So there's a lot of the areas of the industrial market that really haven't truly gone digital yet that uh, I see in the future as being, you know, great, you know, great potential opportunity. And part of uh, part of you being an Eagle Scout is always being prepared for those new uh, those new challenges <laughs> and new things that are coming down the road. Am I right? Right. That's what I say. You know, once an eagle, always an eagle. <laughs> All right. That is Matt Nelson. He is the CEO and president of Avalian Wireless. Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Yeah, it was great to be here. Appreciate it, Tyler. Thanks. 